0: Welcome to Packet Pushers Heavy Networking. In today's sponsored show, we're talking to Pluribus Networks about their unified cloud fabric and the key feature of the unified cloud fabric is the use of data processing units. Now recently, Pluribus announced their NetVisor One, the network operating system that's been ported to operate on NVIDIA's Bluefield 2 DPUs. Now DPUs have been a really hot topic here at Packet Pushers because we see them as a way to bring the network in the data center right inside the center, inside the server. Now DPU combined with software brings those network services that you typically think about applying on the network interface right inside the NIC. So instead of just having VLANs and, you know, the server sort of sends traffic in there, what we want to do is bring network services right inside the server. This has many features for a data center. Infrastructure, power reduction, it improves network performance by accelerating the way packet handling across the the DPU. But more importantly, and really I mean this genuinely, it's about hardcore network services like firewalling It's about orchestrating the network config inside the server with what's actually in the network. And even more weirder things like service mesh acceleration. How can I make my service mesh go faster inside a service? So I'm running Kubernetes with a service mesh. I start to get the ability to weld my service mesh into my SDN fabric and bring it all together. So joining us today from Pluribus is Mike Capuano, who's the Head of Technical Market, and Alessandro Barbieri, who is the VP of Product Management. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's go straight into the discussion. Now, Mike, in March, you made an announcement about extending your network fabric using NVIDIA Bluefield DPUs. Let's have a recap of that announcement so we can set the baseline for the discussion today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Greg. This is a huge announcement for us. We're really excited about it. We announced two things, the unified cloud networking architecture, and this is basically an architecture and a vision for where we're headed for the next decade to really simplify and unify the operating models across multiple heterogeneous cloud networks uh, that exist today. And then we announced the Pluribus Unified Cloud Fabric, which is fundamentally the next generation of our adaptive cloud fabric that is going to help us do that. And the first step in that journey is extending the fabric out to DPUs. And the first, we're taking an open networking approach here. Uh, that's, that's our kind of our, our founding principle. The first partner we're working with is NVIDIA with their Bluefield 2 DPU to uh, bring the fabric out and run inside the host on, on those DPUs.
2: So Mike, just to clarify, does that mean that your operating system is actually running on that DPU or more like the DPU is an object, something out there that you can see that you can manage from a distance?
1: Right. Our our NetVisor One OS has been ported to the NVIDIA Bluefield 2 DBU Mm -hmm. with control plane functions running on the ARM processors and packet processing functions running in the accelerators.
2: So you're managing it as as a native piece of hardware, just like you would a Switch
1: exactly it's yeah. extending the fabric it's it's the same concept of being able to deploy a network service or a security policy fabric wide out to all the switches in the fabric but now it also means out to all the dpus in the fabric
0: now for people who are listening and thinking that's a that's, that's an unusual idea I just want to point out that this is how the IP protocol is designed it's designed to be at the edge so server connects to the client it connects from the server to the client, with no knowledge of the network in the middle. This is exactly how IP is designed. And it makes sense to start putting your networking functions inside of the endpoint. In the same way, you know, you want to put them inside of your server so the network is as close to the application as possible. So this makes perfect sense to me. And the second part about this is that every time you add a server to the network, you add more networking service performance to the architecture, right? Alessandro, do you see that the same way? Do you see this capability of adding performance to the network and adding services as you go with each device that added to the network? Makes sense?
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think this is uh, probably the only way to accomplish uh, uh, through operational uh, unification between um, different cloud environments. And the DPU allows uh, for that in the sense that if you're running a cloud based on VMware or KVM or Microsoft or Xen or even Kubernetes, you end up having to deal with multiple networking environments which are actually different also from the physical switch uh, switch network. And the DPU instead allows uh, to extend the same network uh, that you have on the, the DPU with the Pluto software, that the same network uh, that you have on the switch, you mm-hmm. can now extend it uh, into the server and be completely agnostic uh, to the workloads that you're running. So that's the concept of uh, unification. And uh, I think the major property of this type of uh, extension of the network into a server is that it happens with, uh, preserving a very clean demarcation between compute and network. In fact, you can manage the pluribus software on the DPU without having to go through the server. It really looks like a top of the rack for virtual machines or containers, Mm. right? So uh, that's really the the novelty and the the difference between just putting, let's say, um, another layer of networking software into the host.
0: Yeah, because one of the things is that if you've got 50 VMs inside a server or 200 containers inside a server, you've got a whole network infrastructure inside the server itself, connecting those together. And in in a perfect world, you would like more unification between the network that's outside as well as the network that's inside the server system. And that to me is key.
3: Absolutely. And this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish. The network inside the server is the same network that runs outside the server, same API, same network overlay, you can terminate a tunnel on the DPU, or you can terminate a tunnel on the physical network. One common API, truly a unified environment, mm. which even more importantly, is agnostic to the hypervisor layer. Today, if you're deploying a service in through vSphere, it cannot be deployed in Hyper-V using vSphere, right? So this, mm. this is a problem that many large enterprises uh, or even cloud providers face. um, And this is what we are trying to solve.
0: So I think what you're suggesting there is that for the reality for many enterprises is that they actually have many software defined networks. If you're running Hyper-V or VMware, you've got Kubernetes, uh, you know, you might have two couple of flavors of Kubernetes and then you've got some places with some service meshes inside. The question then comes, how do you weld all those together into a unified network? And one way to do that would be to use the unified cloud networking vision that you are establishing here.
3: Uh, precisely, uh, that's exactly problem number one uh, that we're trying to solve. Uh, this uh, re- recomposing the fragmentation of multiple network environments that exist in compute. And and we wanna make them look like uh, the same network uh, that NetOps uh, is managing in uh, the switching fabric, uh, right? So this is really goal number one and doing it with uh, the DPU is the only way to do it while preserving a demarcation which is totally clean and totally zero trust between network and computer.
2: Alessandro, what functions am I going to push into the DPU that I wouldn't be doing at the network? Well, at, at the switch
3: layer, I guess. Yeah, that's a very good question, and uh, it actually leads into the second, uh, let's say, largest set of problems we're trying to solve, which is how to scale security. In uh, in a cloud environment for east to west uh, traffic, so we're going to be focused more into or uh, with the DPU uh, into delivering micro segmentation and distributed firewall capabilities at the edge, without the need to deploy virtual appliances or even um, uh, scaling up uh, perimeter security appliances. So we will give you um, a a layer of distributed uh, micro segmentation policies, as well as distributed uh, firewall policies, which is completely embedded into the fabric without uh, having to now deploy a virtual firewall in every server to just accomplish east-west traffic segmentation. This leads to tremendous uh, cost savings, as well as uh, much better performance and resource utilization of the compute resources in the cloud.
2: So that, that that is, I'm going to use the Pluribus operating system to build a micro-segmentation policy. That policy is going to be pushed out to all the way into the DPU, and the DPU is then going to be responsible for filtering traffic to and from the host in accordance with that policy, I'm not managing a bunch of different instances of the firewall, because as you say, it is a distributed firewall that looks and behaves like one thing, just with enforcement points that happen to live in the DPU in this case.
3: Absolutely. You couldn't have explained it better. And uh, it's uh, all organic as part of the same control plane used to manage the network and segment the network overlay. So again, no need for separate appliances, separate control plane orchestration points, uh, doing service insertion, none of that complexity. It's truly a service which can be deployed with effectively a declarative policy as an object across uh, an entire network using our SDN control plane.
2: Now, one point of qualification, you mentioned there's a cost savings component to this. What are you getting at there?
3: Yes, so when I say cost savings mean... uh, Um, To deploy or scale cloud security for east-west traffic, you have really two paths today. One is to um, uh, scale up the perimeter firewall, send all the east-west traffic to a perimeter firewall with that sort of a tromboning type of effect, which leads to higher latency, uh, poor utilization of the physical infrastructure. And of course, you now need to uh, buy bigger firewall. That's costly and that's complex. And the other method is uh, um, uh, deploying uh, virtual appliances in every server. This also has a cost. They don't come for free. If you want to buy a branded firewall, uh, it would be very expensive. Um, and uh, our estimation is that the cost of these virtual appliances at scale in a, in a rack with, let's say, 20 servers uh, is probably uh, 5 to five to 6 to 7x the cost of uh, a couple of top of the racks. Mm-hmm. So. Most of the cost in building a a network cloud infrastructure is actually into into the security layer. And we plan to eliminate completely for east-west traffic only, I want to be very precise, we're not eliminating firewall, but for east-west traffic, if you only care about stateful inspection and micro segmentation, it's a service-built part of the fabric along with the network overlay, of course, which stitches uh, all the VMs uh, into multiple virtual networks.
0: I think the savings happens at multiple levels because the DPUs also reduce the power consumption. Uh, Today, the general purpose CPU, the xe 886 CPU has a bunch of assistants, the GPU, the TPU, and now the DPU. And the reason that we use those is because they're most efficient at the tasks that they're dedicated to. And this means that you can drive your servers to a much higher use case because the x 86 CPU, which is running the VMs or your containers, doesn't have to dedicate one or two cores now to just doing networking which results in power reduction and improved performance. Um, but I also think the other part about here is that you can actually do, when we talk about firewalling at the edge, you've now got a hardware-assisted firewall inside the server. That's a radical change
1: too.
3: Yeah, it is. In fact, you, you're correct. You started your, uh, your point, say, hey, this is a lot more efficient. Uh, yes, it's a lot more efficient, but at the same time, it brings you also a lot more performance, uh, Right, because if you're running these virtual firewall capabilities inside the server, you're bound to the server capability. And you are very generous saying that you only use a couple of cores in certain instances, depending on the throughput or the application. Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, You can actually exceed that. Now, the beauty of this is that you can offload the DPU as dedicated hardware accelerators that you can take advantage of to actually offload in hardware this service. So you get better efficiency, Mm -hmm. meaning you're using less CPU capacity. And at the same time, you boost uh, the performance uh, of your uh, networking and security applications.
0: Now I wanna wanna bounce back to something because it's just struck me. We talked about the unified cloud networking vision here, but when we've had previous podcasts where we talked about the adaptive cloud fabric, it is also a fact that the Pluribus NetVisor and the, the Cloud Fabric uh, SDN platform integrates with VMware, with Kubernetes. You can read those instances. So you actually have insights into what's happening on the server as well.
3: Yeah, actually, this is uh, very important also to deploy any policies. The awareness of the endpoints, this mm. is achieved also in, in the switching fabric is not uh, anything uh, that is not done before, but it's basically the ability to communicate uh, mm. with the virtualization infrastructure manager, whether it's a vSphere or uh, it's a Kubernetes API server, and um, extract uh, um, identity information on the VM and the workloads connected to the fabric, right So you can read the poor group of a VM so you know, that VM to which port group, meaning which VLAN, which network is supposed to connect to, and you can automatically provision the network. Things of this nature are actually possible uh, with uh, with the Pluribus fabric. So there's some level of automation in terms of provisioning uh, the network from the orchestrator. Mm, Now this will translate into the DPU as well.
0: That's right, because the unified cloud networking, the SDN fabric that Pluribus builds, is entirely inside the switches. So there's no servers, you know, half a rack of gear trying to run the SDN platform here. Pluribus has this unique approach to SDN where it runs entirely on the switches as a distributed application. And you're extending this into the DPU. So in a in a, in a way, you're actually adding to the compute capacity of your unified cloud every time you add a DPU to it, because that NOS and all the configuration and all the operational information about building the the, the fabric itself is all contained inside the devices of the architecture. and yeah. that. You know, there's a couple of things there. One is every time you put a DPU inside a server and start using it to configure the network. Like if you think today, let's say you've got a a modest size enterprise data center with say 20 switches, four spines and, you know, 16 leaves or something like that. And now all of a sudden you start putting a DPU in every server. Well, now you have 48 times 16 network devices,
1: right? Exactly right. The value (laughs) of this distributed compute platform. I mean, we're running our SDN controller, leveraging... the the processing capabilities in the switch, in the DPU, as you scale out, the SDN control plane horsepower inherently Mm. scales out. Mm. And one of the other big benefits is because it's controllerless, there's no master server controlling, programming all these devices. It stretches very elegantly across distributed sites. So that's Mm. why we always talk about distributed cloud. We're seeing more and more... Uh, distributed sites, as applications become distributed, as workforces become distributed. And so that we're kind of just naturally intersecting that trend.
0: Right. So I don't need a data center interconnect. There are ways for me to just have one fabric, one pluribus fabric across two, three, four sites, and it's all one thing. But I want to come back to my point here is if you think you've got a data center, say with 16 leaves, you could have another 768 network devices if you're running DPUs. So all of a sudden your device count's gone from 20 to 788, you know, or some very large number. This is a, one of the things I talk about with SDN a lot is just you need software to manage the number of devices you're getting in a modern network, but also the services. If you're starting to put a distributed firewall in every DPU, you're not going to be configuring that with Ansible and some hand artisanally crafted, you know, Python scripts. You need a, a powerful tool to do that, right?
3: Uh, Precisely. And this is uh, actually where the value of uh, an SDN control plane comes into the picture. Yes, there is absolutely an explosion of network nodes, right? Like you pointed out, instead of managing 16 leaf, now you end up managing 300 uh, uh, BGP routers. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. That's, uh, we would end up in the opposite of what we want to accomplish. Mm. But that's why we have an SDN control plane, which allows you to provision uh, 300 devices as a single uh, through a single central uh, point of configuration. And you can also, you don't have to configure services, you don't have to program protocols on 300 devices. The network overlay that Turibu says is fully abstracted uh, is object oriented in the sense you can deploy your layer three VPN like a VRF or your bridge domain, your layer two VPN, your VLANs as objects and the fabric distributes the programming. So you don't have to touch 300 points to deploy a service. That's the beauty and the elegance of the pluribus fabric, particularly in a DPU environment, because you can argue, Alessandro, I'm a, I'm a small enterprise, I have 16 switches, I don't need an SDM fabric, it's only 16 nodes, I can manage my protocol configuration. <laughs> but now at the scale of the DPU, this actually is a 10x x uh, uh, problem in terms of management and the fabric allows you now to uh, scale uh, without um, having to be bogged down into box by box management uh, that's that's kind of elegant
2: uh, alessandro i think i think there's another advantage here it's not merely the distribution of uh, power and resources if you will but also there's a practical op- uh, there is a practical operations impact where when you push networking into the host you would have this conflation between well who manages what I I manage the server and there's networking in the server now so do I manage that or do we somehow separate that so that the networking team somehow manages that but it feels like with a DPU on board in that host now we've got a more straightforward line of demarcation this is what the NetOps team does they deal with up to and including the DPU and then the DevOps folks can deal with managing the host is is that fair to say that's
3: what's going on? I think it's totally fair. And uh, it's actually our value proposition, right? We are not here to uh, try to push uh, um, a network uh, into the hands of uh, DevOps uh, or server teams. This is an extension of the network into the server, but it is managed from the network with network tools uh, and it is built for the network teams for the most part. I don't want to be black or white completely, but uh, what we've built and what the DPU allows is uh, a very clean demarcation in the sense that there is zero software from Pluribus on the server. Right? We don't run software on any hypervisor. We don't need to and you can manage the DPU without going through the server. There's an out-of-band management port, and there Mm -hmm. are the in-band management capabilities uh, as well. So you don't have to go through the server at all. It truly looks like a top-of-the-rack. Before I said top-of-the-rack for virtual machine. You manage a top-of-the-rack without going through the server. The same concept apply here to the DPU. That's very powerful, and it's really catering to networking folks.
2: And that isn't to say that the DevOps folks aren't going to know that there's a there's a DPU on board. They're going to know that there's a smart NIC in that thing, uh, for sure. It's just that the the way it's handled, as you described it, out-of-band management going into the NIC, it's much easier to separate these duties now.
3: Uh, precisely. The DevOps team will have to uh, either configure uh, the uh, VMs using technologies such as uh, SRIOV or VertIO at that at that point basically there's no more virtual switching happening on the server itself right every vm maps directly to a virtual function or a virtual port on the dpu and that's all you see so the complexity on 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 the server from a networking standpoint completely disappears you're really managing your vms and then the network access is not the v switch anymore is the switch running on the dpu switch router tunneling all of that but you can manage this device independently from the server so tremendous simplification for the network stack on the server so alessandro
2: i'm I, let me let me go through a thought exercise here so right now we're talking about micro segmentation as a key function that is in the uh, the, the dpu that pluribus controls is there other things that we can do or maybe are coming in the future like uh presenting as a cni to kubernetes uh, that that kind of thing
3: absolutely i mean we have a rich roadmap uh, i think uh, um on the, the the most exciting one at least uh, uh, intellectually stimulating for me is uh, the, the the solving the problem of kubernetes so what is the problem of kubernetes the problem of kubernetes is that uh, uh, kubernetes runs its own uh, layer of networking whether it's bgp it's vxlan based uh, but fundamentally you're introducing yet another network uh, which is completely invisible uh, to the network operators it's truly run uh, completely inside the kubernetes cluster our goal with this technology uh, the dpu technology want to leverage the dpu to actually write a pluribus container network interface which allows actually to replace the traditional uh, CNI, uh, let's say Kubernetes networking um, options and migrate the entire network stack of Kubernetes, including IP table, forwarding uh, security policy, et etc., et cetera, migrate it into the DPU. Basically we want to give whoever is running Kubernetes the same API that they're using to manage the virtual machine infrastructure, on any hypervisor and the physical network. The Kubernetes will not should not be a singularity, yet another network unique to Kubernetes. We want to make it unified with the rest of the infrastructure. And this implies writing a CNI, which offloads effectively all the control plane and data plane of Kubernetes onto the DPU itself. So every pod of Kubernetes will be directly connected to a virtual function or a virtual port on the logical switch uh, mm. running on uh, to the DPU. Uh, you will not run IP table forwarding directly into the host anymore. This is uh, very exciting, and we yeah. actually have uh, several requests uh, already from uh, cloud customers to uh, yeah. to work uh, on this project.
0: And this is key because if I've now got a switching ASIC or a packet engine on the DPU, which, which is how the NVIDIA Bluefield works, it has a, a, an ARM cluster, and it has somewhere between four and eight CPU, ARM CPUs on board. It has a memory, you know, X number of gigabytes. It varies according to the model of DPU you buy. And it also has a storage. In some cases, it can have a SSD or flash storage on board according to the model that you buy. And so now you've actually got an acceleration engine for Kubernetes CNI. So packets can actually be moving around on their own networks inside the server just as transparently and at the same speed as if they were off the server. And that's a game changer for a lot of cloud environments?
3: Yeah, we believe it is. And uh, what they most of the customer are uh, moving uh, into containers, or they have a project on containers or containers is in the lab. And one of the biggest challenges uh, from a networking point of view is managing the network, right? The network completely changes on Kubernetes, our goal is to give you the same networking experience, whether you're moving from a legacy virtual machine environment, or you're moving into a more cloud-native uh, type of uh, type of application. One network, one overlay, one API, fully accelerated by the hardware on the DPO. Oh.
2: Alessandro, another kind of obvious use case here would be encryption. Is that available today or is that another roadmap item?
3: Yeah, that's another uh, roadmap item. The customers we talk to, they are very interested in the MaxSec capabilities coming on Bluefield 3.0. Bluefield 2 doesn't have MaxSec, it has only IPsec. But uh, uh, MaxSec is, uh, uh, we got uh, several requests for MaxSec. Uh, um, and uh, when Bluefield 3 will be available later this year, uh, we believe we'll start uh, working on, uh, uh, I, let's say, uh, link encryption uh, technologies on the DPU itself. Hmm.
2: Yeah, And then when we previously were chatting with you in an earlier podcast, we got talking about visibility and visibility fabrics and the ability to take any flow and see what's going on, no matter where you are in the fabric, without having to build out a separate visibility fabric. Do I get that functionality extended
3: uh, if I'm pushing the fabric into the DPUs? Yeah, you get it extended and you get it amplified uh, in the sense that... uh, now, um, the ARM complex uh, of uh, the uh, DPU is uh, the Bluefield 2 is eight uh, eight cores uh, with a lot of memory compared to, let's say, a regular switch. So we have a lot more processing capacity. And we also have packet capture capability. So we can actually run uh, Wireshark directly onto uh, the DPU. Not that you keep it running all the time, but uh, uh, you can actually turn on on-demand Wireshark to have through deep packet inspection. You can look at, uh, I don't know, quick uh, transaction, HTTP transactions, uh, UDP, ICMP, DNS traffic. Uh, We have all the traditional flow capabilities plus packet inspection capabilities. So it's a new dimension that uh, is uh, possible because now the DPU can process traffic uh, in software at gigabit speed in a switch, you cannot do that.
0: Okay, so let's move the conversation along to early field trials. Now, I know that companies get their products out there really quickly, and you'll have customers out there using this in uh, in what you're calling early field trials. What are the use cases that those customers are looking to address with those trials?
3: Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. And uh, the, the use cases are very diverse, and we will start uh, with narrow focus initially and will expand gradually. However, we will address... Uh, Uh, initially uh, uh, two main uh, use cases. Use case number one, there are enterprises and uh, cloud providers uh, who are deploying a multi-hypervisor environment. Uh, Typically is VMware and Hyper-V, right? Uh, Maybe VMware dominates, but there are actually customers where Hyper-V also dominates. And uh, uh, these guys are looking for uh, two things. Number one, a common network overlay, which is agnostic uh, to the hypervisor. So I would call uh, the use case hypervisor agnostic uh, overlay network, so to speak. And then they're actually, uh, second use case, they're looking to deploy micro segmentation services into a non-VMware environment, where perhaps they don't have uh, um, the, the tools of NSX. right? So if you want to deploy micro segmentation in Hyper-V, today, you really don't have the sophisticated tools uh, that VMware gives you. And this is a technology that, uh, um, as uh, sort of we're proposing, uh, we're in field trial uh, to actually test this technology um, micro segmentation for non VMware environment. Those are a couple of. Mm. enterprise use cases. We also have a telco use case, a telco cloud uh, use case, which maybe is not uh, uh, the majority for your audience, but the goal here is replacing uh, some tunnel termination that today happens on the host uh, Mm -hmm. and get uh, where you typically run all your uh, VXL infrastructure with uh, some sort of controllers Uh, The goal here is to accelerate, uh, uh, it's really a performance and simplification, accelerate uh, VNF uh, services with the assistance of the DPU and also use the same uh, API. So the orchestrator that the service provider is building is the same between the physical network and uh, the, the DPU network.
0: There's a lot of talk about this with regards to DPUs where if you think about a DPU as roughly congruent to an appliance, which a lot of appliances, if you actually take the lid off, is actually a a network accelerator card and a crypto engine and a CPU and a memory and some storage. And that's your average firewall appliance, really. And that is exactly what is a DPU. So if you actually take a server and put a DPU card like the NVIDIA inside and put the Docker APIs to it so that you can talk to it using software, it's actually an appliance. It's just the same as any firewall or storage engine or anything.
3: Yeah, that is correct. And uh, again, the value we bring is uh, the networking control plane uh, to provision the security and uh, network overlay services uh, and do this uh, with uh, the acceleration, which uh, in a telco environment uh, is actually very important. Mm.
0: But the same thing is what the telcos are doing is the same as what we're going to be doing in the enterprise. We want firewalls in the server as close to the data as possible, as close to the, you know, I think of networks as data in motion and the servers are where data sit in static pools. So static data versus data in motion. And you want your firewalls as close to where the static data sits. And this moves it from the switch port to the virtual port inside of the server. And there's so much benefits to be gotten from performance and power savings um, and, and changing the way the load profile looks.
3: No, that's correct. I and mean, that's uh, that's exactly your case. the case. I think on the telco side, there's a more stress on the performance. Mm because they actually free up now more cores to run more VNF or have better performance. It all boils down to customer experience for uh, the, the services of the of the telco provider. So I think this is a, a huge area of performance, but also, again, operational simplification is driving uh, most of those uh, uh, engagement with uh, with pluribus.
0: One of the things that I think about DPU's, and I've talked a lot about how I think this architecture will be very common in time, Now, it might take a while, you know, the future is, you know, here, it's not evenly distributed. And I think this is an emergent, in the same way as when SD-WAN first arrived, it took a few years for it to become mainstream, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be planning for it. One of the things that I think that we need to look at here is just how easy it is to add this to your network, especially in the pluribus solution, because you've got the same operating system on the switches, you've got the SDN controller distributed across the switches. I could literally deploy this nick by nick, like DPU by DPU into my servers and start to roll it out without having to migrate, replace, rip and replace or anything like that, I think.
3: Yeah, that's correct. And I think this is one of the biggest differences of our unified cloud networking approach compared to alternatives, right? We are not going into any customer environment, user environment, enterprise environment, and say, hey, deploy DPU everywhere to have these great services, unify the network tools, et cetera, et cetera. We basically say, hey, roll out, place DPU where it makes sense, and then put the switch everywhere else. You cannot put physically a DPU in every workload, in front of every workload, whether we like it or not. There are lifecycle issues for servers. There are certain applications that will never be able to Uh, connect to a DPU, Uh, so having the ability to extend uh, a single unified network or unified overlay from uh, a switch which can connect to any workload by definition, all the way into the DPU, which can then connect to and accelerate and provide these additional security services uh, is actually very critical, so the customer doesn't feel like uh, they still run a fragmented network infrastructure right where okay i have the dpu in a corner but then i have all the rest of the tools and legacy networking and complexity on the other side at least we are proposing an architecture where through the switch the same network overlay and services and common api uh, can you can be used mm. to manage non dpu powered workloads which will be the majority uh, for the, for the foreseeable future right so we i think what we offer here is a technology for gradual and smooth migration into a DPU world without uh, forcing the customer to, to mm. uh, sort of uh, yeah. carry the fragmentation for for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting because if I compare it against other vendor solutions that are out there, they will require you to rip and replace. Like, you know, if you're adding another DPU solution, how does it integrate with the physical network? We've seen um, some companies actually try and put their DPU inside the switch. I can't. I mean, I can see that there's a logic there, but it doesn't make sense to me because I don't want to do the workload in the switch. I want to do it inside the server. So if I replace the server, I get another DPU. Um, it, there seems to be multiple approaches. And I think you know people should take the time to understand the, which way suits them best.
1: In all the discussions we've had with customers or prospects, um, for an EFT, they're willing to go and crack open the server and install a DPU. Mm. But the, the, the typical way you're going to get a DPU is the server is going to be ordered with it installed from one of the OMs, Dell, Lenovo, HP, whomever. And so there's a natural, that's why Alessandro mentions the refresh cycle or the life cycle. It's going to take time. You're, you're, unless you have a pure Greenfield, you're not going to have a DPU anywhere. So this is a nice way to migrate. And one other point is you can start with Pluribus. With your existing switches, you can start with DPUs, deploying DPUs, and then at the right time, the refresh switching infrastructure, um, you can start rolling out pluribus switches. So so you can kind of do it in reverse as well. So we give nice migration uh, possibilities in both directions.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's a discussion that we had back in show 619, Heavy Networking 619, where we talked about how uh, the pluribus fabric speaks BGP EVPN outwards. So if you have an existing fabric that runs EVPN or if you have an existing fabric running MLag or whatever, you can run this alongside of it. So you can actually say, like, I'll connect it and I'll have the pluribus fabric here and I'll have my existing fabric here. It's not like you're forcing me to rip and replace like some vendors do. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we... we we uh, you. Everything outside the fabric, all standard protocols. Um, you know, we interoperate with underlay, overlay, data plane, mm. control plane. Uh, that's that's a big part of our architecture.
0: The brownfield, so I could start with two switches and start scaling up from there, and then go up to a, you know, 128 switch spine-leaf architecture that all just runs, right. and you just keep adding the switches. It's not like And because the SDN runs again on the switches means I don't have to go and buy more servers and more RAM for those servers and upgrade their, you know, whatever. It's a much more linear sort of an approach to my
1: mind. Right. Or start with two DPUs Hmm. and go, go in the other direction. Actually,
2: Mike, I got a question about DPUs because the announcement was around NVIDIA Bluefield two specifically, right? Is that, is that the only one you've selected? Uh, Are there more DPUs coming in the future? Where are we going with that?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, Really focused on the principles of open networking, but in terms of selecting a go-to-market partner, uh, we had conversations with lots of uh, DPU providers, NVIDIA Bluefield 2 kind of came out. Head and shoulders above everyone in terms of their, you know, look at their market share with 25 and 100 gig NICs. They're crushing it. Um, they had the best architecture and best performing solution. They had this really rich Doka SDK that was pretty well proven, forward compatible with Bluefield 3 and beyond. And they also had a very uh, well managed supply chain situation. So, you know, as you roll on the EFTs, it's, it's pretty tough to get, do an early field trial if you can't get the actual cards to the customers and so you know kind of all of those things together they for us they were the clear market leader but mm. fundamentally we believe in open networking and you will see additional dpus in the future
2: Mike, thanks for clarifying where, where, where we're at with the world of DPUs, just trying to find someone that can, uh, you, you said supply chain situation, you know, so finding someone that can get you cards, I'm assuming was a pretty big deal. Um, if there's customers that have heard all of this and they want to get more involved, Mike, they want to uh, give this a try, what uh, what would you recommend?
1: Oh, it's easy. World, world Wide Web. Uh, go to pluribusnetworks.com. And if they actually want to fill out a form to sign up for the EFT, it's pluribusnetworks.com slash EFT, and we'll get back to them, uh, right away.
2: EFT is an early field trial. All right. Sign up for that. And, uh, and, and if you do that, uh, let us know what your experience with the pluribus networks, we would love to hear about that on the of slack channel. If you want dot bushes.net slash slack and sign up and we thank Pluribus Networks for being our sponsor today. You can find this show and all of our fine free technical podcasts, along with our community blog, that is all at packetpushers.net. We have a lot of resources up there that are free to you that consume them. If you want to keep up with everything that we're producing, follow us on Twitter at PacketPushers or on LinkedIn. We let you know everything that's going out the door as it happens. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.